0: My thighs offer me a friendship, a warmth, a glove, an embrace that's less sandwich and more bell, more mallet, more spoon, more mine. Instead of thunder and instead of negative self-talk, instead of apology, in addition to thickness, I will say a round of applause. I'll say metronome. I'll say everyone, everything I love, I feed.
1: and the Haymarket YouTube channel to access all of our upcoming events.
2: Hello, my beautiful people. Thank you so much for dropping through to the Haymarket book celebration of Sima Yasmin's gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous collection, If God is a Virus. Um, We released it this past spring, and I'm just so excited that you get to be um, in tune to this jubilee of celebration and love and community of poets. Um, Obviously, this is a timely book. It couldn't... um, (laughs) have come at a more perfect time, but also um, continues to push the conversation around how we're living in this contemporary moment and looking at it um, in history. And so I'm super excited to introduce these incredible poets, incredible poets, incredible poets. First of all, can y'all give it up for the poets that we have going on tonight? They're gorgeous. They're brilliant. They're generous. They're about that stewardship. They're about investing in community and pushing the boundaries of things. And so I'm just excited to like, Say their names, say their accomplishments, and keep it moving. Y'all don't need to hear nothing from me. Y'all need to hear from them. Great? Great. So we got Celebrating Tonight um, of Missima Yasmin. We've got um, our Haymarket love, San Luis We've got the gorgeous George Abraham. We've got Jamis... Uh, Sapiago, we've got Jose Guadalupe Olivares, Chicago Cutie, and we've got Yalini Dream. And so I think it's going to be a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous evening. Please drop love in the chat. Please give some snaps. Trust me, I'll let you know when the fire is happening behind the scenes that you can't see. So we're going to get into this work, right? Right. So the first poet that we have on deck. So, so, so excited. Um, It's just out here trying to make a more bright world, trying to connect us with ourselves, with community, with the tenderness that we share between this work um, and between how we make connections and just pay attention in like a very quiet, beautiful way. Um, and I love the power in that. And so first on deck is Arcelis Girmay, who is the author of three books of poems, The Black Maria, I love, Boa Editions, released in 2016, Teeth from Curbstone Press in, 20, uh, in 2007, winner of the GLCA New Writers Award, and... Everybody's Fave, The Poet's Poet's Fave, Kingdom Animalia*. also one BOA Editions released in 2011, which was the winner of the Isabel Gardner Award and finalist for the National Book Critics Circle Award and the Hurston Wright Legacy Award because it's about that life, right? Girmai currently serves as the Margaret Bundy Scott Professor in the English Department. She has received grants, training, and fellowships in support of our projects from the National Endowment of the Arts, the Whiting Foundation, Civitelli Reni and the Cave Foundation, CC Big Up, and the Community Word Project, among other programs. She is also on the editorial board of the African Poetry Book Fund, ushering in a new generation of African voices. So excited to welcome Adeseles. Thank you for being here. Please take it away.
3: Thank you thank you so much for your loving introduction and um, it's just really wonderful a gift to get to be with you all this evening um, to celebrate Sima's extraordinary um, new book Thank you for your work um, I'm so glad to to know it um, and so I I was thinking about what I wanted to share I'm going to share three poems um, and the first one, Um, I'm thinking about um, trying to listen for my mother's lines um, and thinking of this idea of women's work in the family. Um, And I'll just start there. My mother's line. And though she was the river silt and gold. And though she was the drop and just a skinny bitty dandelion of a girl. Any time they needed someone to carry the pots, to catch the knife, to walk in front, it was her they put. And though she was the shriek inside her mother's bed, and was the war and not supposed to be the flower, and when she laughed she did not hide the silver, and was their dog and was not free and was the man and for the man. She heard the tumbao, she still made dance. So when one foot touched ground, one foot touched air, one foot for the world that was, one foot for the world that wasn't. So front, so back, through the door, inside the drum. La vida te da. And what rode her head, she could not lose. And what opened her free, she pressed inside my tamarind my mother leans my yam astride the dark she wrote her root into the dirt and though and though and though and though and though the green she was she was a while and this poem is called placenta shed my um again thinking of um what I trained my eye on and what it took me a long time to see, thinking about um, the work of the mothers um, in my family, but also thinking about the, the body's work and what body work has been invisible to me. Um, placenta shed my lichen, my book, my organ, my slop, your cake, my slab, our moss and I, eye and sack of meat which baby fed from me who was not me. Though away way inside her own horses lovingly was shooed, my garden nest, that realm, my stray and matted hair, your gut and veils, your hoodmo room of minerals and weight, my flea and struggle table, my splay at which we met in darkness though I left you there, my sorry, desiccated by hospital light. Grandmother, my dog, following our child out, though you knew the air would kill. Elder, my elder, but also the baby and baby twin, her mother, her me, her meadow of wild flowers who, when I had no hands, no mind, took care of her and made her live. And I'll close this poem, um, this my part of the reading. Um, I can't wait to hear you all. I've been looking really so forward to this. Um, this is a found poem. It's really just writing down um, something that I witnessed and felt um, that Joy Harjo did and said, and it's called On Poetry and History After Joy Harjo. On a panel of men, Who spoke about history and poetry? She sat quietly for much of it. They, the men, were saying strong things, good things, but in authoritative voices, voices that knew they knew things. And she remained the only quiet one. She listened as if she weren't listening. Her face looked forward. Her quiet seemed distant, it had a straight back. And then she interrupted one of the men and said something like, That reminds me of the time. And she spoke of a fellow Native American teacher in her region who committed suicide near the end of one of the years and how he must have been hurting and isolated and in pain, but not many people spoke about that or spoke about his death or their loss when he died. It was swept under the rug, that was the phrase she used. And she said she was at home one day and looking out of the window and she noticed a black thread or string there floating in the frame. And she observed it for a while floating there until she realized that that black string was grief, the grief of the professor, the grief of the students, her own grief, the grief of silence, a historical grief, and that she knew that it was her job to take that thread and put it somewhere, weave it into the larger tapestry. She made a gesture then as if that tapestry were just above her head. She said it was her job to put that grief in its place or else someone else, some child or grown person would be out walking and just walk right into it without knowing what it was they'd walked into, what they had then inherited in a way, what they were then carrying and feeling the danger of that, the grief of that. And that was what she said about poetry and history. And that is all I remember from all of the things that were said that entire day. Thank you.
2: Y'all, this is how we're beginning. Okay. can we talk about the witness? Can we talk about the history? Can we talk about the poets? As always, I'm going to continue to remind y'all are the vanguard of listening, of paying attention, of giving folks. The breadcrumbs, the trail, the key, the light, right? Like this is how we're beginning, so. May we all just be blessed. That's all I have to say about that. I'd say, at least, I really was trying to, I'm a very emotional Pisces. I was trying to hold back the emotions so teared up, so, so teared up, particularly your connections with motherhood and the earth and nurturing and that also being an expansive experience and so thank you so much for sharing those gifts with us um, in celebration of again witnessing and being very attentive to history and what that means so important so oh do we have to move on we do have to move on because that was the first poet and we have more poets that are going to give us this incredible incredible fire speaking of which our second poet who has become a boo. Don't know if they know that they've become a boo to me. George Abraham's poems are just incisive, they're smart, they interrogate, they never sacrifice tenderness, they never sacrifice witnessing, and they never sacrifice history. And I feel like Putting all of these poets together was just such a a beautiful, serendipitous journey of everybody who pays attention in their different ways. And so I'm super excited for George to share their work with us. George Abraham is a Palestinian-American poet, educator and engineer, get it right, who grew up on unceded Mwakwin lands. They are the author of their debut collection, Birthright. It's gorgeous. If you haven't got it, go get it. Do Yourself Some Justice, which was winner of the Big Other Book Award, finalist for the Lambda Literary Award in Bisexual Poetry, which I was also rooting for, because the whole category was fire, and was named on Best of 2020 list with the Asian American Writers Workshop and the New Arab. Abraham is currently a board member for the Radius of Arab American Writers, also known as Rawi, an affiliated faculty member at Emerson College, and a Litzwitz MFA and MA candidate in poetry at Northwestern University, coming to Chicago. We're having all the tea. We're going to spill all the tea. And most of all, we're going to spill all the poems. So give it up, y'all. Put some love in the chat for the beautiful George Abraham.
4: Oh, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. I'm like, Erica is like, uh, that's hilarious. Cause like Erica
5: won the bisexual poetry Lammy and I'm just like, so it's, it was like such a great category. And like, I always love like losing to the best poets. It's not even losing at that point. Um, it's just, uh, yeah. Fuck awards and fuck these systems. I just want to celebrate my poets. Um, uh, thank you for that introduction. Um, I don't usually like prefacing my poems, I'm just going in the head, but I just want to, in the name of accessibility, um, name that the word Nakba in Arabic means, translates to catastrophe. And it specifically is the word that refers to the historical uh, ethnic cleansing of Palestine from 1948 to present day. The past is a future we return to, Fargo, Tabakki. After the Nakba, there was the Nakba of before, Nakba of earthless split, Nakba of rootless hollow, Nakba of take and take back, Nakba where 1948 was less a time than a state of. And after, there was the Nakba of naksa The Nakba of protective edge and inescapable decade. The Nakba of tear gas, of Nabi Saleh, of Sheikh Jarrah. And after the Nakba of dismembered starlight, of atoms split and DNA fragments, of bioprotocol as open air prison, there was the Nakba of recursion of Gaza, of Nakba of recursion of Gaza in two carcinogenic oceans. Later, there was the Nakba of the beforeless eye, of the entangled eye. In that country, Nakba was the only mother we returned to. And when the Nakba of metaphor, and when the Nakba of fatherless breath, and when the slurred speech Nakba, when the backfired dendrite Nakba, and when the Nakba of sellouts handshake, birthed the Nakba of American letters, birthed failure of ayn and stopped glottal, and when body was Nakba of ta marbuta tongue tied, from the Nakba of discourse and settlers chant, I emerged a smiling creature to nod to this hysteria of a light shorn language. And when the Nakba of heaven's abandonment, and when the Nakba of Eden's singe, and when funeralless the Nakba of before, of before, before happened inside of me, I didn't know whose field to burn, whose hillside to abandon, whose wings to re syntax after. Yes, we flew towards after, but were given instead an impossible beyond. Nakba of horizons morning. Nakba of unreachable of of body and nahr
4: of badi al bahar Badi, this one sided light of a dying sun thank you all <coughs> um
5: i just gosh it's such an honor to be here um with friends with heroes with um I just, I don't quite have the words. I was like, don't prepare something, George, speak from the heart. But um, I truly don't think there is a lineup I would rather be with than this, these poets here. Um, so thank you all. And um, I this next poem I'm going to read is from Birthright. Um, and in the spirit of thinking about Seema's book and the kind of like formal brilliance that comes with her taking inspiration um from biological sciences into poetry. Um, I wanted to read a poem in a form I invented from my own um from my own uh scientific whatevers. Um the uh this poem is in response to an Israeli settler uh group of settlers in the West Bank uh vandalized two years ago a Vineyard near the Palestinian village of Halhul, and uh, they graffitied uh, "I will reach everywhere" onto the Palestinian farmers' buildings, and they took a chainsaw and just decimated the the earth. And so, um, this is a phrases with toothing chainsaw in unnamed Halhul vineyard, a Markov sonnet, the wetuk empty of chlorophyll hung chewed and dangling because there was no witness amidst the yellowing foliage, the toothing beasts rapture heavy in the air like a song. Because there was no witness amidst the yellowing foliage, the toothing beasts rapture heavy in the air like a song, unfamiliar to soil-worn hands, Harvesting small implosions. The toothing beasts rapture heavy in the air like a song unfamiliar to soil-worn hands. Harvesting small implosions. A marble heaven built over hill in tomb reaches everywhere. Unfamiliar to soil-worn hands. Harvesting small implosions. A marble heaven built over hill in tomb reaches everywhere. The unyellowed muting wind can neither stain nor uproot. A marble heaven built over hill and tomb reaches everywhere. The unyellowed, muting wind can neither stain nor uproot a land ungodded. The dead's hollow, hallowed, roaring. The unyellowed, muting wind can neither stain nor uproot a land ungodded. The dead's hollow, hallowed, roaring silence, interrupted by riot of metal teeth and ricochet. A land ungodded the dead's hollow, hallowed, roaring silence, interrupted by riot of metal teeth and ricochet. A country can only be accountable for the screens. Silence interrupted by riot of metal teeth and ricochet. A country can only be accountable for the screams we cannot unhear or unwrite from our memory. A country can only be accountable for the screams we cannot unhear. Or unwrite from our memory a history unfragmented, free of limbs, disfigured. We cannot unhear or unwrite from our memory a history unfragmented, free of limbs, disfigured. Would you believe me if I said I bled for this? A history unfragmented, free of limbs, disfigured. Would you believe me if I said I bled for this? Leaves caught in my throat like a contradiction. Would you believe me if I said I bled for this? leaves caught in my throat like a contradiction name 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 unname name 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 name, name unname name leaves caught in my throat like a contradiction name 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 unname name 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 unname name the woodtock empty of chlorophyll hung chewed and dangling name 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 unname name 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 unnamed name the a empty of chlorophyll hung chewed and dangling because there was no witness amidst the
4: yellowing foliage <laughs> um so that was a
5: um, that was a poem it's a sonnet, uh, this, this, this kind of essence of the form is it takes inspiration from Markov chains, which are probability models that are memoryless, um, modeling sequences of actions. Uh, in a memoryless way so that one action only influences the next and then that action influences the next and so on. It's a kind of probabilistic simplification of models uh, used to model networks, to model biological systems, to model a lot of different things. And uh, I wanted to think about what would happen if we disembody a sonnet, if we take a memoryless reading of a sonnet, if we were to read every line as a Cause action effect triplet in isolation, um, much like the colonialist disremembering of history. Um, I wanted to think about how we can study that disrememberance and uh, embody it into a form. Uh, with with that, um, I'm gonna read one last poem uh, in this in the book and. Um, Again, thank you, everyone, for organizing, Erica and Sean. Thank you to all my fellow readers, Aracelis, Janice, um, Yalini, Asima, and Jose. It's just such an honor. Um, Wow, these are all the context poems I usually don't read with this many prefaces. But um, this is in regards to French singer Manel Ibtissam. Who uh, a few years ago auditioned for The Voice France with a beautiful rendition of Leonard Cohen's "Hallelujah" sung in Arabic, um, and after the audition video went viral, uh, her some of her tweets were dug up by white supremacists online. Tweets that were um, t- uh, tweeting in liberation for Palestine, uh, tweets critiquing Israel, tweets uh, critiquing French Islamophobia, tweets of this nature were dug up, and she was eventually doxxed and harassed into quitting the competition competition, Um, and this is an ode to Manel Ibtissam singing hallelujah on the voice France translated in Arabic. With thanks to Marwa Hillel, one poem read from right to left, as in Arabic. I've heard this song, but never in my own tongue. The way smolder and ash, if may be seen in the right mouth, can become gospel and not the fire who birthed it. There's your bluest prayer, which at its core is still flame. The minor fall of your Arabic, a flag which has failed us before. Somewhere, a country shrieks ode tremor, finds God on tenor lungs, the fourth, the fifth. Somewhere, a man builds his throne above the undoing, claims their ceaseless song, and writes them into lullaby. Still earth, all marble streets empty of children who spoke brash in moonlit tongues. Yes, I've archangeled the devil from this history. Twinned the doves, bloody-handed, you ever love a country so much you'd lose your voice in its song. Somewhere the land we learned was also the land we inherited. Every memorized contour permanent and skyward from knot bombs hurling back up to the metal birds they came from. Manel, teach me to love a country without unmothering another. Because you sing, our history was always Victory March. Paradise on wings, the revolution refused translation in you. How its yaps and eyelifts demand us full-throated and hollow in this, in Arabic I bleached and sent to a colonizer because so few words can keep me alive these days, English shoots cold arrows down my teeth and demands me to speak confident like someone's broken fist didn't make a home of itself in my throat, it was first your Arabic who hallelujahed in a major key. May the God worth singing to, from prayer outdrew. Hallelujah, the organ in your throats. Hallelujah, the Philistine your lungs resurrects. Hallelujah, the choir of restless dead running through you. Hallelujah, you of this earth, its wind and stone,
4: everything breathing, trembling at the sound of you. Two, poem read from left to right, as in. English,
5: maybe if ash and smolder weigh the tongue, own my in never but song, this herd i there's at birth to fire the knot and gospel can become mouth, right in Sina Arabic Thick, your fall, minor the flame still is, core at which prayer bluest, your god finds tremor, ode shrieks country, a somewhere before us failed, has which flag above throne, builds man, a somewhere, fifth the fourth, the lungs tenor on all earth still lullaby, into them writes songs, ceaseless their claims undoing the yes, tongues ever you, moonlit in brash, spoke who children of every streets, every you handed bloody doves. The twinned history, this from devil, the archangel, learned we land the somewhere. Song, it's in voice, your ludes, so country a love from skyward impermanence. Contour memorized, every inherited we land also is love. To me teach, Manel, from came they birds, metal to back hurling not bombs was always history hours. Sing you because another unmothering. Without country How you in translation Refused revolution The unwinged paradise Marched victory descent And bleached I Arabic And this hollow and full throated us Demands I And yet it shoots English these days Alive me keep Can words few Because colonizer A somebody like confident Speaks to me demands and teeth My down arrows Cold who Arabic your first Was a throat My in and of itself a homemade, didn't fist broken out Drew prayer from singing Worth God, a made key Major A in hallelujah throat. throats You're in Oregon The hallelujah resurrect your Palestine The hallelujah you Run, dead, restless choir. the hallelujah of Stone and wind It's earth, this, of you Hallelujah you Of
4: sound, trembling Breathing Everything. Three.
5: Poem read down the left margin to be sung in Manel's voice. Maybe there's a God above all I've ever learned from love was how to shoot somebody who outdrew you. Four. Poem read down the right margin to be sung in Menel's voice. I've seen your flag on the marble arch. Love is not a victory
4: march. It's a cold, broken hallelujah. 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 Thank
2: you. y'all give it up one time, two times, three times infinity times for George Abraham. Thank you so much love. We we' in the chat going off. We in a chat going off. I feel like I can confidently say anybody who want to argue with me about lyric poetry in like a craft, whatever, it's about the address, boo. You can talk about everything else that is about the address. And let me tell you, all of these poets know how to address the entity of grief, of nationhood, of good fertile soil, of growing things, of seeding things. And so y'all just... I'm so honored. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful to have this gathering of voices. Thank you again, George. Give it up in them poems. Keep that same energy going. Please, 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 because the next poet on deck, so fired. Janice. Janice Lobo. Janice Lobo Sapiago. OK, let's get into it. She, her, get it correct, is a daughter of immigrants from the Philippines, and the author of two books of poetry, two, 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 Trips, Microchips for Millions, and Like a Solid to a Shadow. She's been profiled in Content Magazine, Mercury News, SF Gate, SF for the uninitiated, San Francisco, Get It Together, and Metro Silicon Valley. Her work has appeared in literary magazines such as Apogee Journal, Entropy, The Offing, Poets.org, Split This Rock's Poem of the Week in Waxwing Literary journal, all over the place. She is the 2020 and 2021, so still currently, Santa Clara County Poet Laureate. Laureate? Did we say laureates? We did. And a 2020 Poet Laureate Fellow with the Academy of American Poets. Aside from these well-deserved, well-earned accolades, Janice is generous. She believes in stewardship any position of power in this literary landscape, spoken word landscape, whatever you want to genre it and whatever, we should all be taking this kind of love and holding and generosity and stewardship. And I feel like Janice does that well, does that enthusiastically and feeds back into the communities that feed her. And so I'm just super, 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 super lucky and glad that she was here to share this space. Can't wait to hear these poems. Janice, it's all you, boo. Oh
0: my gosh, wow. Thank you, Erica. Um, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Aracelis and George. And um, I'm really excited. I'm just really lucky to be a reader of everyone's work who happened to get to read today. Um, and I also, of course, want to say congratulations to Sima. Um, I just really think like your work in poetry, writing, journalism, epidemiology, it's all important and needed And it just really helps make this imperceptible world more survivable. So thank you. Um, And I wanted to share a poem from my first book from Microchips for Millions. It's about immigrant women workers in Silicon Valley who make all of our microchips for all of our devices. Um, And I don't know if people remember, but Santa Clara County was the epicenter of the COVID-19 pandemic in March of 2020. Um, And so although this place is known for its innovation and high technology, it's also a place that widens and manufactures heartbreak and class disparity by design and displacement. And I think this poem kind of reflects that. Um, This poem is called The Union. Chicago L. Um, And the tragedy that happened was a shooting in the rail yard at 630 in the morning on May 26th of this year. And that actually happened during a union meeting, which I thought was really interesting. Um, And that rail yard was also located not even like one block from where I grew up. And um, even though I'm still processing it, I'm still thinking a lot about the work that unions do. Um, I've also been thinking about nurses who, have been the stewards of the pandemic long before 2020 happened, and for me, nurses run a range of family and friends, and so I really wanted to just read this poem that praised them and their work. So this poem is called My Mom Makes Friends with the Nurses. My mom makes friends with the nurses, and together they make a country she brings them food and together they are a farm, a restaurant without pricing, a secret menu. And I eat with her at a station labeled 17 or room A, depending on the availability. And we're, in a, we're alone in the sterile hotel room without walls, but curtains, a luxury without the privilege. Each guest is a room open and observable. The nurses, they eat her food in a break room without us. My mom and her new friends eat lunch in separation. They are two countries apart, a people divided, a nation under no God, no mercy. I believe in my mother, the maker of the bombist, adobo and rice, of spaghetti and hot dogs and Vienna sausages. The nurses pledge allegiance to their patients, their indivisible labor. When we call for someone to come help us, Anyone, a nurse, comes quickly, comes running when a machine beeps out of rhythm. In our church, the nurses, they are the conductors. With answers, priests to a high symphony, signing and singing all of the liquids with long names. They call for the gowns, washed and warm with liberty and phone calls with medicine everlasting. The diaspora almighty and on the last day of chemo. The nurses take pictures and selfies with my mother, Crater of Pinakbe and Lumpiang, Shanghai. The nurses are profiled, memorialized, and married, and let her be healed. And if we never come back here to infusion or oncology, let it be holy in the nurses' names. Amen. I'm... <laughs> I just want to say that, um, again, like, thank you for having me and for listening to my poems. Um, it's still weird to read in a room by myself. Um, <laughs> and I actually have been thinking a lot about home because I'm not at home. I'm not in Santa Clara County right now. Um, but I'm like doing a self writing retreat in Portland, Oregon. Um, and I just wanted to write about how uncharacteristically hot it is. <laughs> um, and it's hot everywhere in the contiguous us right now. Like I looked at a map this morning um, and I know it is intensely hot because of climate change Um, however I think like my body and like my thighs tell me a different story Um, and so I wanted to write a poem that's called ode to thick thighs but it's not like an ode in praise it's like to what do we owe to our thighs Um, so here we go ode to thick thighs (laughs) my thighs push away my shorts Like removing pants in the summertime or after work on long days, my thighs would love to be out on bikes or beach towels. Contrary to my consciousness, sometimes they slide from under dresses. And even though they don't like the Dutch ovens of skirts, they welcome all sudden wind tunnels on sidewalks. Not attached to breath, only to kisses, to lotion, to smooth, consensual loves like carbs with every meal. Their sheer girth allow them to high five and hug and they catch up and calm down while we wait in a 20 minute line for donuts or ice cream, I know they'll keep me safe. If I ever need to keep my enemies or evil trespassers in a headlock or defensive in case of apocalypse, I know they are stronger than any of my other limbs. They hate me not, even though I give them the grief of clamshells and squats and miles long runs and ill wishes about outfits that grow unused. I'm sorry that I too often sever you from me a dysphoria self-diagnosed by too many magazines and white Hollywood films. I know that we do not do enough stretching or bathe in weather over 70 degrees Fahrenheit. I will plan for us to feast in my love. Oh, we will. My body's purveyor of skin before sun and muscle of fat sources of lunges to live longer days of hikes among pine trees and Boston ferns and city views, giving thanks to mountains and sweet air scented by lavender. I want to walk with these pillars, these flesh poems, (laughs) carrying me to grocery stores, to dinners with friends and jogs where I greet Bougainvillea and Japanese maple trees in people's front yards. My thighs offer me a friendship, a warmth, a glove, And embrace that less sandwich and more bell, more mallet, more spoon, more mine. Instead of thunder and instead of negative self talk, instead of apology, in addition to thickness, I will say a round of applause. I'll say metronome. I'll say everyone, everything I love, I feed. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Y'all, <laughs> please give it up. First of all, ode to the thick girls. oh to these bodies that got us through the best way they could, gratefully, through a pandemic. Oh to the spoon. oh to the mallet. Like, Janice, let's go. Let's go. What do we owe to these thighs? The thick. We owe the thick. It's our gift, okay? Wow. These tender poems... These tender poets, so grateful. Please show all the love to Janice and those poems. Show all the love to the previous tender beauties. We're getting closer and closer. We're almost there to Miss Seema Yasmin. But first, but first, our next poet on deck, Chicago cutie. Longtime Bulls fan. I know that. I don't know much about the sports ball, but I know that. And I know the Bulls were a thing. When Jordan was a thing after that, I don't know nothing about that. That's not my life. It's fine. It's fine. Shout out to the Pistons for that one time that we had a good roster. Uh, yeah, we're not going to get into that fight. Anyway, <laughs> Jose. Guadalupe Olivares is the son of Mexican immigrants. His debut book of poems, Citizen Illegal, was a finalist for the pen slash Gene Stein Award and a winner of the 2018 Chicago Review of Books Poetry Prize. Why? Because it's dope. If you haven't gotten it, don't know what to tell you. It's on the site. Haymarket. 40% off. Don't know what you're doing with your life. It was also named a top book of 2018 by the Adroit Journal, NPR, and the New York Public Library, along with Felicia Rose Chavez, author of the Anti-Racist Writing Workshop, Taking Over the World, and Willie Pardomo, who just released Smoking Lovely. Like, y'all have to get all these books. I don't know what y'all doing. He also co-edited the poetry anthology Latinx, the volume four of our anthology series. You can visit him at joseolivares.com. Get into these poems. When I say I love cheerleader poets because I'm a cheerleader poet and I don't feel like there's nothing wrong with that. We clap for everybody. If you out here in the world, you doing it, you need nourishment. You need encouragement. You need support. You need an eye. You need some stewardship. You need some guidance. Jose is a part of that team. And so shout out to the cheerleader poets. Shout out to the folks again who are holding space for everyone and everybody because we all out here struggling in this word, and that word is good struggle, which is why we all here to begin with. Um, So, yeah, give it up for these poems that we're about to experience by Jose Guadalupe Olivares. Let's go.
4: Hey. What's up, everybody? My name is Jose Guadalupe
6: Olivares. I'm so honored to be here with all of you in celebration of this book. Go get it if you don't have it yet. Uh, it's required reading. On which syllabus? On all syllabus. Um, I'm going to read a few different poems. And thank you so much to everybody in attendance. Thank you to Aracelis, Janice, Yalini, George, and Sima, And thank you, Erica, for being such an incredible host. This poem is called Tradition. The stories say Mexicans grew out of the dirt, same as the corn stalks. Of course, we weren't Mexicans back then. Whatever we were was lost. No, not lost. It was submerged under empire, died by blood and gunpowder. Believe what you want. Maybe we grew out of dirt, Maybe agave is our sibling, maybe mountains our mother. The oldest tradition I know is watching my dad bet money on on Mexican boxers, no matter the odds. I don't know about y'all, but I'm the child of loss and the inheritor of losing. I'm not complaining though, I know the tradition. I bet everything I have on my people and dare the universe to beat us. Yeah, yeah, okay. This next poem is called Now I'm Baloney. My parents were born from a car. They climbed out and kissed the car on its cheek. My grandmother, to be a first-generation person. 23 me reports I'm a descendant of pistons and drivetrains. 33% irrigation tools. You are what you do. My first job was in the lunch meat factory. Now I'm baloney. It's not so bad being a person. The front seat of a car is more comfortable than the trunk. When they were babies, my parents dreamt of being Lamborghinis, not people. You are what your children grow up to do. If I put my parents' names on papers, what happens? The answer is no comment. The answer is, quien sabe? The answer is, yo no sé, pero no es abogado. People are overrated, give me avocados. Cool. Uh, This next poem is called, Nate Calls Me Soft. It was inspired by my good friend, Nate, calling me soft. (laughs) Nate calls me soft. If we were better at being honest, maybe it wouldn't take a bottle of something strong to make us talk straight straight edge as we used to be driving around in that old Toyota Tercel from open mic to open mic. If I confess that the memory alone makes the corner of my eye itch, would you call me soft? Nate says, yes. B says, duh. Adam says, you were the softest. My therapist says, let's talk about your parents. My brother say, if all you're gonna do is talk, then pass the blunt. Mexican Jesus says nothing, Mercury is in reggaeton, do the stars only talk to women? Tonight the stars are hidden by the brash lights of the city, and I want to say my friends can see my softness through all the jokes I crack, but maybe I don't need the stars to be tender. Maybe the next time I see you, I'll slap away the dap, pull you in close, and tell you under the ordinary streetlights how much I love you and that you still ain't shit. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I got a couple poems left. Um, Thank you again to everyone for listening. This poem is called Regret. My dad never said regret, but it hung from his lip like a cigarette. I remember that night in Mexico, my dad home with a little bit of money. In another life, he could have flirted with the whole bar. In this one, he was home by midnight. My infant brother's sick on vacation. To be a dad is to be bossed at work and bossed at home. It's easy to daydream about love when it's a chorus of kisses. What about when love is a dirty diaper and a snot nose you have to wipe? My dad rarely said love, but he always left the bar. Uh, two more poems. I'm going to read a love poem. This is a Cal City love poem. I grew up in Calumet City. Uh, so this is Cal City love poem with the nod to Willie Perdomo. Since they closed the movie theater, there aren't too many date stops. There aren't too many date spots left, but we can make our own popcorn, microwave fresh and sit in the basement with my brothers while they crack jokes and smoke weed. I can't promise much for the jokes, but the weed will have you singing falsetto. This is all the romance I have to offer. I'm sorry my love doesn't glitter in the sun or appreciate in the bank. All I can promise is my brothers will share their weed and make fun of you. My mom will feed you like your belly is my own. My cousin is the sneaker plug. He can't offer any discounts though. All my love misfits into a basement where I promise the door is always open. It's nothing and everything I have. What I swear on, when I swear on everything I love, you're the one I love the most. Okay, and then this last poem that I'm gonna read is called Poem Where No One Is Deported. Um, It goes like this. I feel like I feel like I'm, a, <laughs> feel like I'm a, a a jazz musician or something, you know, or what? a two, a uh, poem where no one is deported. Now I like to imagine La Migra running into the sock factory where my mom and her friends worked. It was all women who worked there, women who braided each other's hair during breaks. Women who wore rosaries and never had a hair out of place. Women who were ready for cameras or for God, who ended all their sentences with, si Dios quiere. As in the day before the immigration raid, when the rumor of a raid was passed around like bread, and the women made plans, si Dios quiere. So when the immigration officers arrived, they found boxes of socks and all the women absent safe at home. Those officers thought no one was working. They were wrong. The women would say it was God working, and it was God. But the God my mom taught us to fear was vengeful. He might have wet his thumb and wiped la migra out of this world like a smudge on a mirror. This God was the God that woke me up at 7 a.m. every day for school to let me know there was food in the fridge for me and my brothers. I never asked my mom where the food came from, but she told me anyway. Gracias a Dios. Gracias a Dios de la comida. Gracias a Dios de las mujeres. Gracias a Dios del chisme, who heard all La Migra's plans
4: and whispered them into the right ears to keep our family safe. Thank you.
2: Y'all, my heart my whole heart, my whole tender heart. These poets, these poems, these offerings, please give it up for all the poets who have come so far. Please give it up for the 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 ground that has been salted and nurtured and watered. My tender heart like really is so tender and so like this is feeding all the things and giving me all the life and uh, less. Yes, just bless, just bless, just bless. Last but not least, definitely not last, definitely not least. I'm so excited. I've only encountered this celestial beauty, this embodiment, this being, this beautiful light in the internet world. I'm so excited to even be in a like virtual space despite colonial capitalism and how bad all of these broadband companies are. and please just give us all the access, right. However, this person, this dream boat is joining us. Um, from Hawaii, um, has given their time. I'm so appreciative. I can't wait to hear this work and be in this conversation. And so let's get into it before we get into Seema's beautiful gift. Yelani Dream is a touring, performing artist, organizer, somatics practitioner, Anybody who knows me knows how I love the Somatic, so I'm so excited to hear about that work. And consultant with over 20 years' experience using artistic tools for healing, organizing, and dignity. With communities contending with violence and oppression, in addition to touring with Jindog Lone Wolf as part of Brooklyn Dream Wolf, Yalani is a consultant with Vision Change Win, is also on the National Committee of the War Registers League, co-founder of MStudio.org, represented by Awkward Talent, Awkward with a capital Q, honey, don't get it twisted, and co-coordinator of um, My and My, which is a beautiful space that launches a lot of these endeavors forward. I can't wait to get into this offering before we get into SEMA's work. Thank y'all again for joining us. Please keep showing love. When I say that the love behind here, we all try not to cry, but it's like a good cry. We all love it on each other. It's a good celebration. So let's keep this energy going. Give it up for y'all Yalani Dream.
7: Thank y'all so much. Thank you, Erica, for that. Um, introduction and just what an honor. Uh, Vanakam, Vanakam and Tamil means uh, I honor the sacred in you and I honor the sacred in each of y'all. This is, uh, thank you to each of the poets who went before for opening my heart, for, for um, uh, sending the goosebumps uh, throughout my body, for inviting us to sit with nuance and complexity and contradiction and to help us, um, uh, swim through the places in which we need to grow and a great honor and blessings to Dr. Seema Yasmin, uh, one of my favorite faves, um, um my, my soul sister, and just like, a thank you for your medicine and the ways in which, uh, it flows from you through your energy, through your poetry, through your, uh, through your doctoring, through the ways in which you assure, uh, divinity and love in this world. So, um, I, this, yes, yes, yes. Uh, to, to this poetry collection, um, uh, which is brilliant, y'all. Um, please, please check it out. Um, so, um, I'm, I'm, The next two poems uh, were written 15 years apart. Uh, So the first is kind of a classic storytelling piece that I often share. And they're being combined into an interactive animated video game by Team Coconut. Um, And um, in merging the pieces, we're seeking to align the living and the dead, or the so-called dead, those whose energy is continuing throughout this universe. After passing through this earthly vessel, by looking at the boundaries between those who are able to flee as refugees, those who become ancestors during war or flight, and those who are disappeared. Once upon a time, there was a little girl who lived in a beautiful but dangerous world. There were trees that rained fruit, birds that danced cod and cooed, and a monkey who liked to visit and send the little girl butterfly kisses. Though at dark times, many stars shone bright, no one dared leave their home at night for fear of what else might fly in the sky. Bangs, bursts, and blasts from a neighboring town kept people's faces painted with frowns. Then, on one more school day, the little girl's amma said, Mahal, we cannot stay, or people with guns will take you away.
4: kandani, <laughs>
7: As the little girl packed, she felt sadness grow. The monkey spied scheming and jumped in with her clothes. The little girl squealed from sob into laugh put fingers to lips and closed up the bath. The little girl, her amma and monkey hiding, got in a boat leaving early next morning. Salt water rose, rippled and curved, carrying them towards a different new world. As another coast neared, the boat came to a stall. The little girl awoke, hearing her Amma bawl. We're too far from the beach, it's still out of our reach. How can I swim with my child and my things? The boatman pushed them onto a mound of sand with only room for little girl and Amma to stand. The monkey escaped from his hiding place to see water leaping high, warning each side that the mound would vanish with the coming tide. The hot air wrinkled, the ocean curled. Amma prayed as she held her last living girl. As they huddled close, the little girl began to cry. And the monkey crawled in the fall of Amma's sari to hide. When suddenly, the little girl had an idea to try. And her Amma had seemed to have read her mind. They unraveled the sorry to sway in the air. Jumped up and down, let their voices blare. The monkeys shrieked, they waved. They screamed over oceans, curls and crashing sounds. We must escape
4: this shrinking mouth. They conjured all their power. And we finally found. Years later, the little girl
7: will remember their strife, knowing no matter the danger, she can survive. When others plot against her dignity, she will speak the story of how she faced the vigor of the
4: sea with her amma and monkey to become a refugee. Thank you. Um, and I believe we're gonna have some photos,
7: thank y'all so much, uh, shown in the, uh, during this next uh, piece. And these photos um, are taken of me, me
4: by Carolyn White. A Mermaid's Tale. Once I was human with father, and sibling, boat we
7: fled in, overturned. Appa tried to hold us. I slipped under waves, he into drink. Not knowing, I released his hand. Surrender, metamorphizing. I sing in their dreams. Appa so numb he can't remember, but my sibling awakes singing my song, channeling to earthlings
4: wisdoms from the sea's dark depths. Thank you. Um, so uh, I unfortunately
7: sometimes get some Hater Aid online from the Tamil Patriarchs as a queer Tamil feminist uh, in solidarity with Black Lives Matter and the Palestinian Boycott, Divestment and Sanctions yeah. movement, and as someone who is pushing for a deeper vision of liberation than what was deemed by uh, the rebel group who claimed sole representation of our people. So here is a response to the patriarchal haters I would have been your darling. My videos, songs, poetry posted on your wall profile feed. After all, I am skilled. Blessed me with gifts for my journeys, boasted me to friends, anointed me ambassador. My fame would not remain contained by Tamil poets or witch doctors, darker skinned beauties who fearlessly come to my defence when you threaten, intimidate, undermine, shame, manipulate. Eyes so sweet and pleasing too, eyes sparkling with liberation dreams, ice perfect and cool drink, serves you so well. Palam Chini You would have sharpened my tongue, encouraged my mothering. I your Erlem Rasati, if I hadn't loved the sex of generous diviners, with control of their fiery tempers, unbound by the toxic. Yours had I been afraid of scathing men who take advantage of those who love and gratify. Do you know? When we sweet, obedient ones become unstrangled, free of and kindness, free from fear of vitriol. Do you know what happens when we choose healing, when we experience pain without
4: wishing to die? What happens when we wish to thrive? Popping.
7: Um, and then I'm going to close with a piece called Untrapped. Uh, so in early 2020, um, a rare black panther in um, Sri Lanka, Alangay, is the Tamil word for our island, was thought to be extinct and was rediscovered in the mountain forest areas. Um, so I'm referring to that panther and also honoring the histories of African peoples um, of our island that have been suppressed, forgotten, or erased. There is No land between uh, the coast of Africa and um, Sri Lanka, Lange. we are east of Africa and we have a long history of um, African peoples on the land as well as African heritage amongst our peoples um, and African peoples that continue uh, to remember uh,
4: their histories also on the island as well. Untrapped. Dark, ancient ones, have you forgotten we,
7: our universe? Black depth dusted with stars, tiny, infinite, center of solar systems where Africa and Asia meet. Though flying from flags bold and loud, neither lion nor tiger sustain our lands mirages their allegiance to metal stone fire unable to remain in open heart panthers secreted in dense tropical forest existence forgotten covert wisdoms nursed her black brown yellow cubs predators build traps after slaughter they skin celebrate Putting hide on display, proclaiming the captured, killed, the last. Their history sifts, shifts. They declared you dead. Your cubs birthed cubs. The extinct mutates, evolves, rises untrapped, spotted bursting freedom magnetizing kin, heralding forest wisdoms, allegiance pledged to earth, water, seed, awaken memory. We are universe, dark,
4: ancient, black depth, dusted with stars. Thank you.
2: Ooh, y'all please give it up for y'all dream. Rounding out these intro poets with all again of this future dreaming of all these ushering of the ancestors who are already here. If we listen, like the ground that was seated right now, I don't think y'all get it. The playback will be available on the YouTube channel. If you didn't get it the first time, you can keep feeding yourself. Water your soil. For real? Great. Can we please? Can we please? After all of that beautiful healing, that tapping in, that listening to our ancestors and our history, can we get into this? Is this what we're doing? Oh, I believe it is. Oh, I believe it is. Oh, I believe. It's If God is a Virus by Dr. Seema Yasmin. Did you see how gorgeous it is? Have you read the poems? Have you not? I don't know what you're doing. Get your life, right? These brilliant poems, this brilliant poet. I'm so very honored and thrilled um, to continue to do all that I can to support what I feel is integral work, what I feel like is vital work. I love what Yalini said about this good medicine considering not only Sima's medical background, which should not ever go unnoticed, but also the ways that art, medicine, sharing our stories, culture can feed into this healing work, right? And so we got to get into it. We got to do it, right? This is why we're here. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Seema Yasmin. Dr. Sima Yasmin, don't sleep on the doctor, right? is an Emmy Award-winning journalist, medical doctor, disease detective, and author. Honey, doing all the things. Not in here, also a harpist. What jazz band wants to hire her? Please, let's do it. Please, let's do it. Okay, great. She was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize in breaking news reporting in 2017 with her team from the Dallas Morning News for coverage of a mass shooting. Yasmin was a disease detective in the Epidemic Intelligence Service at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention where she chased, she chased them down, honey, the outbreaks in maximum security prisons, American Indian reservations, border towns and hospitals. Currently, Dr. Yasmin is a Stanford professor, medical analyst for CNN and science correspondent for Condé Nast Entertainment. You can find her at seemayasmin.com. You can holler at her on the Twitters at Dr. Yasmin and Instagram at Dr. seemayasmin. Y'all, get this book. What are you doing? Get your life. Want to hear these poems? Let's get into it. Seema. all you boo, take it away. I'm not ready. I'm
8: not ready. I am so tender right now, that if you were to just like gently brush up against me, I would bruise and weep like a very juicy nectarine. Oh my god, I don't know who's holding back tears, but I have cried because these poets, these poems, these flesh poems, oh my gosh, thank you I am such a big fan of all of you, your work, your beautiful souls, I've taken so many screenshots of your gorgeous faces, I'm seeing nice bald heads, I'm seeing cheekbones everything. Thank you so much. And thank you, Erica and Sean. Thank you to Nate Marshall, the other Chicago cutie. You can't forget him, Erica, because he so beautifully edited these poems that I wrote um, after I went to West Africa to report on the Ebola epidemic. Thank you everyone for supporting this. I'm going to get into reading um, a few of the poems that are in the series and they are all titled, If God is a Virus, they're peppered throughout the book. If God is a virus, phytoplankton drips down her thick thighs as she stirs a primordial ocean with her toenail. Striped fish slap in God's ankle bracelets. Along the coastline, she drags a tangled seaweed braid. If God is a virus, she is naked. Shed her nucleocapsid when salamanders grew legs. Now she is two strands of missense RNA. Acid ladders reaching to the heavens. God is in your fever, in your dandruff, between your teeth, crying in the permafrost, massaging her way out of a mammoth's trunk, a bison's tailbone. She is having sex. God is making babies in your tender lymph nodes, giggling when you prod the swollen knots. God is pregnant. Parasitic fetus suppressing white cells. God is an infection. Her incubation period as long as three sermons on the mount, replication rate amplified by saline, sweat, and fear. A virus gave you a gene called sin so you could grow placentas. Sin fuses baby to mother, fuses uterus to placentas. A virus blew air inside your drowning baby's pigeon chest put some respect on her phospholipid membranes. Watch God's fat molecule shimmer, her flagella undulate. If God is a virus, we are over, over and over again. Reborn absent pinky toes and coccyx, spines seven degrees more erect. Praise the holy fevers. Pray for split-brained migraines. If God is a virus, she is vexed, absolutely done with your shit. God wants to know why you didn't get a flu shot, why her minions made your left lung collapse, white out on the x-ray, rack up a six-figure ICU bill when all they wanted was a warm vacation, tropical waters, champagne plasma to sip, not to bring about death, not to turn prunes in plural fluid. Nobody wants that. God thinks anti-vaxxers have a death wish, wonders how they eat organic, snort coke and laundry detergent on weekends. Don't they know Yogi Detox Tea is hepatotoxic? God knew Charles Darwin. Clever woman, she said. Who would want your lot extinct? And I'll read one more that's also titled If God is a Virus. If God is a virus, she is a Muslim woman in charge of the remote control and human evolution. Eight percent of your genome is viral. We are literal cousins of ancient pathogens, wretched offspring of pandemics. It's why we colonize, unsatisfied with commensal living. A virus is in, is your grandmother reincarnate at home in your bone marrow, watching TV with a remote control wrapped in too much plastic. I dated this girl who said her hijab was a virus, kept the white boys away, only brown girls immune to the hate. We wrap ourselves in aluminium kafirs because our scalps are aflame with rage, burning with the heat of six sons who became six terrible men. That is how your grandmother ended up in your marrow, eating salted watermelon seeds, drinking apple tea and spitting out dysfunctional white cells. And I should say, Eve Mubarak to everyone who is observing today, a very special day. Um, There's a poem in here that I wrote many years ago on a plane, on the sick bag, actually. Um, And it's about Flint, Michigan, and one of the biggest environmental injustices, environmental racism crises in the US. And I'm writing a book at the moment called What the Fact, which is a book for teenagers about fake news, journalism, how to be media literate. And so this morning I was writing about Flint and how national media were a part of the crisis and how local media was the only media really paying attention to the voices of poor people and black people living in Flint. And it made me think about this poem that's in the book. It's called Lead Pipe Dreams, Guzzle for Flint. Mama mixed formula with city tap water Baby turned deaf from that government trap water. Thought he was gonna be Barack, 2036. Lead pipe dreams readjusted because of bad water. Shit pours out the faucet, shigellosis and more. Bloody diarrhea makes you take a nap water. Anemic girls with pale eyes drag lead and bones. EBT cards buy junk food, need that snap water. A thousand dehydrated nights. Kids begged for a drop while the governor drowned in bottle cap water. Girls sing a new song in these desiccated streets. If the man poisoned you, jump the rope, clap water. Brown skin mottles gray when washed in white poison. Bath time means six cases of got to unwrap water. Chemicals collude with corrosive lawmakers, escape blood, dig into bones. It's a wrap, water. Parched tongue plotting how to wet them up. Bullets come with lead. So mama, strap water. Where blackness burns bright with a bluish flame. Use white politicians to map clean water. Tell the world poets how in this land of the free. Black kids suck batteries when they sip tap water. Thank you. Flint's been on my mind again. Um, the next poem, going back to my theme of grandmas a little bit. Grandma is a pharmaceutical chemist. You're thinking old Indian lady, Ayurvedic, om, shanti, shanti, om, chakra balancing dried turmeric poultice shit. Nah. Grandma is the top shutter on the block, neighborhood pusher man in a sari, jumper, thick wool cardigan buttoned over her breast us spudinhara when our stomachs cramped from too much cheese and onion crisps. Sliced poppy pods on the kitchen countertop. Steep seeds in milky tea for the factory men. Most popular masala chai in all of Northern England. Promoted to international kingpin when her sons became addicted. To be expected, byproduct of colonization followed by ethnic cleansing. Got to sate and soothe the diaspora somehow. Grandma painted thick strokes of dope paste in Time magazine pages, rolled up the bundles, shipped them everywhere, taught the grandkids how to fashion bongs out of Coca Cola bottles and hollow bick pens. Never take pills from the white man unless he admits it is his poison. Success is learning to cook your own medicine, drugging your children to protect them. Thank you. And the final poem I'm going to read is called Lady Doctor. You say you want a lady doctor. Only a lady doctor can lift Abaya, lower Salwar, peer under camis. but you snatched the stethoscope out of your little girl's hand, didn't you? Didn't you say that's your boy's toy? A boy's toy. Leave it. Let's go to the kitchen, learn to fry okra before we stew okra. That way we won't eat slimy okra. I was vexed, slammed the kitchen door, 12-year-old girl with a penchant for electrons and using the ice cube tray to freeze different molarities of saline to find the lowest freezing point, not to mince green garlic chilies into frozen cubes for speedy curry making to feed hungry doctor husband one day. Lady doctor, you say to the receptionist, and then how can there be none? It's a women's health clinic. How can there be none? None? In all the NHS, there is none, and the tug in your uterus is so deep. You say, a man cannot go that deep, cannot go so deep as a woman, you say, as I cringe behind you, and the woman whose mother let her be a receptionist shrugs. Lady doctors begin age four with white coats and playmat diagnoses, not age three with prayer mats and amulets conjuring devout children and maybe a husband who will take no more than two wives, that's half the allotted amount, be grateful. When it was time to apply to university, you visit her with Rishta circuit of nice young men. He's a doctor. Her ungrateful dream twitched next to aunties who said she was lucky girl, unburdened girl. No exams like these modern girls. That's why her eyes were white like her skin. No dark patches from worry. No white hairs from too much thinking. She wore her lipstick wonky for the Rishters, like a tipsy drag queen, not a good drag queen. Rimmel London pillar box red smeared across her front teeth as she smiled a demented smile, poured tea for the boys and auntie, wobbling so tea spilled into saucer sized eyes that said, Get out now. She has delicate features. She is gory. Eyes are hazel. Yes, we'll take her. So nice and pale and unmarked by the Western ways. Spilled tea doesn't matter as long as she doesn't talk back. She doesn't talk back, does she? The man doctor in the women's clinic enters you with a cold ultrasound probe. Strange to see ragged womb on plastic monitor. My old home navigated by old dude. Your asbestos fingers gripping my knuckles as I say, Relax your breath. You say, It has been years since someone was inside you. His eyes are fixed on your organs on his screen, so he misses your tongue between your teeth, your bloodless lips, and bulging cheeks. I would have read your body better. In my fantasy, I wrap my mother's prayers around my stethoscope, wrap my stethoscope around my neck. Listen to Beating Hearts and Nobody Calls Me Lady Doctor. Thank you. Thank you all so much. (laughs) Especially Erica, thank you for hosting.
2: Oh my gosh. Everybody give a resounding, resounding applause. To Seema Yasmin, to George Abraham, to Arcelis Germay to Janet Socto, to Jose Guadalupe Olivares, to Cialini Dream, like the epicness, the beauty, the holding of this space, are what these poems are rooted in, but I will always continually be the poetry, not only cheerleader, but maybe evangelical, that poems belong everywhere. Poets do everything. This is political analysis. This is how y'all should be running y'all newsrooms. This is y'all covering healthcare from an unbiased purview, all through the lyric, all through the language, all through witness, all through experience, right? And all of these poets are bringing this to the game. So I am super, 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 super honored to have borne witness. If you came late, we're not mad because guess what, baby? It's on the YouTube channel. It's for that playback. Get that algorithm up, right? Share it with your friends. Share it with your pastor. Share it with your homegirls. If it's upsetting, if the world is upsetting you and your homegirls, have them come to this event. Okay. Great. Great. Thank y'all so much for joining us. Please subscribe to the channel. Again, please share the event with your friends. Please keep coming back. We're going to continue, obviously, to do these vital, important, integral, cultural, political events as part of the Haymarket brand. We love you all so much. Thank you for joining us. Have a blessed night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, subscribe to our podcast and to the Haymarket Books YouTube channel where events like this one are hosted live. And don't forget to check out haymarketbooks.org.